In the 1990s, artist and political activist Diana Halstead spent an unhappy few years living in Devonport. She found it claustrophobic after living surrounded by bush. Each day, she expressed her frustrations in her art, creating a remarkable series of spontaneous works of hybrid human-animal figures using crayon, oil paints and watercolours. The pictures had been stored under her bed at her current home in the Coromandel, but she's hauled them out and now published many of them in a book called Archetypes. We have some of them on our webpage for you, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. This series also marked a turning point in Diana's art, as she never returned to the abstract work she'd been known for. I started by asking Diana about those Devonport years. Well, you see, we'd lived in the Waitakere's for 20 years, and 17 of those years we didn't have any transport, in a car or, or a telephone. So I was sort of used to, you know, the one, one bus a day, i.e. the Piha bus that went past our gate. So I did live like that for a long time. So going to Devonport, it was extraordinary. It, I suddenly they were neighbours, you know, all around us, and uh, people mowed their lawns. And uh, my, my, my husband at the time said, "Diana, you're not in the bush now. Don't speak so loudly." And it was very constraining. I found very restricting for me, definitely. And given art was integral to who you were, I guess it's no surprise that you turned to your art to express yourself during these tough times. But your style during this, you you were exploring new things, I get the sense, in this work. Definitely. I had been pretty well an abstract artist up until that period in Devonport. But I I don't know. I just think that the, these things kept coming out and that they sort of ruled the roost. They sort of um, almost like took my brush or my crayon or whatever out of my hand and drew themselves. That's what I often feel anyway. It sort of helped me to get through the confining um, experience of living, well, for me, a very suburban life that I wasn't used to at all. Were they company for you? I mean, it feels like even though you were there with your husband at the time and surrounded by people, which you weren't used to, I wonder if it was a, a lonely life. And that's one of the reasons that you returned to these characters. And some of them you returned to time and time again with variations. Yes, I think they did. They did get me through. It was a difficult 10 years and they sort of came out of, I suppose you could say, the inner consciousness and they did get me through. They just raised my spirits in every single way. Had you often gone through the journal and thought about them, Diana, or was this something that had been put away and you, you brought back? I'm just interested in the timing. The, all of those drawings and watercolours were under the bed. And behind our house, there is a pine plantation. I mean, it's right behind the house. And when we first came here, they were little trees, and now they're very big, and they'd started to fall. One had fallen on my partner's his roof, and I thought, my gosh, I know what's going to happen. They're going to fall. And I will get all my paintings out, but I'll forget about all those drawings and, and watercolours that are under the bed. And I suddenly thought, 
I think I should take them to Annie Wilson, who's my dealer, because, I mean, otherwise, the trees will fall or else a fire, because there's always risk of fire on the Coromandel, and they'll absolutely disappear. And so I plucked up courage. I got them all out, and I took them out over to Annie's, and, and he was just, I can terribly excited. So that's how they actually got out. They got out from under the bed because of the fear of fire or trees falling. And I guess they entered the life again, the life of the world. When you were looking at them, because you say that, you know, an aspect of this was therapy, actually, to help you through those really dark years for you. But when you were looking back at them from the place in your life where you are now, and you sound content, you're happy where you are, you know, and there's some distance between the 70s and 80s and where you are now. How do you feel looking at them? Do they bring back a lot of those emotions that you had at the time? Well, no, I just think, my gosh, um, where did these crazy things come from? I look at them as though I'm someone looking at them for the first time, but I do relate to them all. I relate to them because, you know, like the first group, which are women in the sea, well, I relate to that very much because, you see, I was used to always going to West Coast beaches. My mother always took us there. Her father came from the north, from the Hokianga. So mum always liked, you know, the wild west beaches. And that's where we went. But at Devonport, the beaches were very much internal beaches and they were so full of rubbish. And so I really got quite obsessed with the sea and rubbish. And so those drawings and paintings of women with fish coming out of them was really my sort of, I don't know, I was raising something against what was happening, yes. But such the variety, I mean some of these are effectively line drawings and others are really complex you've got those layers of watercolour and crayon, a lot of colours and and a lot of detail in the works, quite a contrast Like the group of women on bath towels, I just started them Sometimes I did two of those a day, and it was usually the drawings or the paintings dictated to me how they wanted to continue. And I just uh, uh, followed with my uh, colours and my crayons. Well, many of them are that combination of crayon and paint. And I was just actually particularly enjoying the crayon images, to be perfectly honest, because it's an underrated um, medium, I think. It's very much underrated, and I always use a very hard German crayon. It's readily available, but I didn't ever use the soft ones because I always thought that they'd go fuzzy somehow. So it was the hard crayon that I used. I found that they resisted the watercolour the best, actually. I never cover up anything, and even now I never do that. If something doesn't work, I don't cover it up. I make it work somehow or other. Because if you've made a mistake, that mistake will always be there, even if you rub it out or you paint over it. It'll always be underneath. So I turn a mistake around. And I think that, that for me, is terribly important. And what give us a feeling, Diana, if you would, for what you're working on now. I mean, do these kind of fantastical hybrid creatures 
are they still with you in your art or, or are you looking at other subject matter these days? No, there is usually an animal thing in my art, in my paintings, but that decade was definitely that decade and I haven't returned to those hybrid creatures. Even so, my animals that I do may seem rather odd, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, they're not realistic. They're not abstract, but there's something in between. But it is different. That decade was definitely a decade that was, it began and it ended, yes. It feels in a way like a, like a diary. You know, it's that same sort of thing, isn't it, that you are committing your emotions of the time to the page and where some people might spend a few pages writing, Dear Diary, this is what happened to me today and this is how I feel. You were doing the same thing through your art. Yes, definitely. I don't, I've never wanted to have a diary, a written diary. If I feel strongly about something, I usually draw something, which to anyone else might not relate to what, as you say, I did that day, but to me it does. But I just felt, I have always felt embarrassed sometimes reading some people's diaries, and I just didn't want to have words put down that I would one day feel embarrassed about. So I guess that is why everything in that decade, yes, I guess it was like a diary in a way. Archetypes by Diana Halstead is published by Titus Books.